You're listening to Think. It's like think, but with an M instead of an M. A podcast for learning. This is episode 61. I'm your host, and with me, and with a nosebleed, is Paul Vine. You didn't even say your name. Yeah, I did. You did not say your name. You said I'm your host. Yeah, well, that's my name now. I legally changed your, your, it to your, name your host. Is your host? Oh my yes. god! Okay, it's spelled gonna, differently from how you'd think. I was gonna try to do some like spooky thing, like like ooh, it's it's October. Welcome, uh, but that I feel like you've tripped me up by not saying your name, and now the whole bit is ruined. So, well, uh, that's I did say goes. my name. It's your name, and um, it's your host. And um, this will actually be, I believe, the third episode released in October. All right. Well, really getting out ahead of uh, that that whole thing then, huh? So, you you know, buddy. Well, that's going to make me talking about like like when I talk about like, oh, I watched Wreck last night, a great fucking zombie film uh, for the first day of October. People are going to be. 20 days in October going like what the fuck is this idiot talking about 16 days until yeah three weeks ago yes so I mean we could just make you talking about that a separate thing that could be a separate thing but I don't want it to I, I was just gonna tie it in here real quick because I don't really have much to say other than that movie is really good and I highly recommend it well that sounds like something you can cut right out of a podcast wow just a, a one looks- sentence movie review Look at this, like, thread. This man has gone mad with editing power. Oh, baby. You give me a torrented copy, I mean a legally purchased copy, of um, Logic and X. I'll cut it. That's what the X is for. It's for cutting it out. Yeah. And softcore porn. Okay. You gotta sure. Earn, you got to earn the two other Xs. Right. Mid, mid-core yeah. porn. That's when yeah, they show yeah. for, like, a second. Right, you got to do a couple quests for the the porn distributor before they'll give you access to the higher level pornography. You could just buy tokens and then buy the extra S with. You're, you're por- saying it's porn like a, gold. A porn gotcha game is what we're we're pro- pro- proposing. Is like there's like an in-game currency that you earn that you yeah, can roll which is to cum. get. Yeah, which you you spend to get. Uh a chance at getting some like fine hardcore pornography but it's uh-huh. really rare but then you can also spend real real world dollars to get good or more chances you don't actually you can't un, you can't buy it if you play the game you you earn come which can level you up to the second x or outside you can spend real money to buy come packs that i guess it should be loads that um, allow you to transcend those quests and just get straight to the the meat, the meatus of the matter. What do you spend the uh, come come packs on? Whatever you want, baby. I ain't shaming. Uh, I don't like. Well, I mean, is, are there like statistics in whatever there, this there, game there is? There are no statistics. Absolutely not. Okay. I wasn't sure if this was like an RPG or what. It not no, it's kinda like um 
I mean, it's role playing. It's a role playing game. It could be. It could be role playing. But it's not like turn based. Eh, sometimes it's turn based. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think real time strategy, mini games. <laughs> Zerg, Zergling Rush, you know. Zerg and Buzz, you know. You gotta uh, construct additional pylons. All Whatever jazz roles you want to be. Okay, so this we- is this is not what we do on this podcast. Uh, what is do we do, Paul? Uh, we take your um, questions and turn them alchemy-like into. No, wait, we don't do that. We can't legally. We can't do that. That's somebody else's bit. Um, yeah. Also, no one's sending uh, no. us any questions. We are studying for the big test. We don't know when the big test is going to be, but we're studying for it. Uh, this semester, we are taking topics in SF and film studies. Uh, last week, we met to discuss the works of uh, one Jonathan Travolta. Uh, and if you are a big fan of Mr. Travolta and or a big fan of Scientology, I recommend you go listen to that, assuming that you haven't already listened to it. Yeah. If you're new, welcome. If you're not new, you know, you know what it is. Um, but this week, we've got a study for uh, some science fiction. Oh, that's what SF means this week? Our speculative fiction. There's been okay. a debate. The teacher won't make up his mind. The syllabus keeps changing. It keeps repeating, alternating every single sentence. It's hard. I can't really tell what he's saying. I'm, I'm bad with accents. Yeah. Um, and it's just so aggressively cockney. Before we get into who's our teacher he sounds and looks like michael kane doing an impression of um the the who the chimney sweep from mary poppins dick van dyke i was yes, gonna dick say van dick dyke. van dyke i'm really glad because you said cockney and i was like i feel like that's where you're going i don't know if i'd be able to like i guess i'm glad that i i you know just copy off your notes and don't actually go to this class because I don't think I could stand to listen to Michael Caine pretend to be Dick Van Dyke in Mary Poppins for 50 minutes every three days. And, um, I, I'm never, um, Mr. Professor, Professor Heck, uh, I'm never sure what he's saying. I mean, it's kind of like a tone poem. My notes are, it's just I I listen and I try and feel it out much like a Joyce novel of the direction in which the information and narrative are headed. So I don't mm-hmm. I don't know if you're I feel like you know that thing where like audiophiles say that even though there are certain frequencies we can't hear you want speakers that play them because it shapes the audio. No. I've output. never heard that. Well, it's like that idea, but with um, this teacher's Cockney accent. Yeah. So you're probably not getting the full experience, but... Uh, this seems like a thing that if you were a character in like a Lovecraftian uh, joint, you would maybe describe as like uh, being a visage unto, into worlds unknown. That's right. I forgot that all uh, Lovecraft novels begin with a lovecraft joint that's where uh spike lee got it from 
<laughs> yes, yeah. Um, H.P. Lovecraft, do the right thing. <laughs> that would be a very different movie. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, before we get started on to this week's topic, Nick, can we just mm-hmm. talk about the, um, the Trump tweet? It'll be old news at this point, but I would absolutely love to talk about the Trump tweet. So, in order to, like, really pinpoint the day and time that we're recording this episode roughly two hours ago this is a mini um this is a mini history lesson a mini pop culture recent history lesson the president tweeted the phrase look at this photograph along In, in in all caps in all caps which there, and there's a video along with it, but but when you first see that, if you, like me, think, is he referencing that Nickelback song? Mm-hmm. You should click play on the video, because the video shows Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, and this Ukrainian, well, he's an American, but he's the executive of a Ukrainian gas company on, like, a golf course, and then it cuts to Joe Biden saying... I've never talked to my son about his dealings outside the U.S. And it cuts back to the photograph. And then fade in Nickelback's photograph. Well, they actually cut in Chad Kroger. Holding. The video clip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of Chad Kroger. Um, which. I cannot believe this is the world that we live in. It's like. It's just. We're a week away, or it may have already happened by this, where, like, Donald Trump just just posts a picture of dick butt and says, like, this is Joe Biden. I, please. I, I would be, I'd be into that. Like, I, the man is awful. The policies that he's enacting are bad. Everything that is happening around him is bad. But also, somehow, he is way funnier than literally everything that everybody else that is doing comedy right now, <laughs> including us. Like, I, I, I'm, I don't like it. But like, SNL people are making lots of money to do. Uh, Maya Rudolph as Kamala Harris or mm-hmm. whatever and it does not hold a candle to like the actual fucking president just probably being sent this meme of Chad Kroger with the photograph and this, like this video is already made somebody like put it in front of the president and he was like this is great I'm gonna tweet this out and he probably doesn't even know what that song is it's I don't know. Yeah, he probably doesn't listen to Nickelback. Um, I think... Okay, first off, with SNL, like, yeah, in the new episode, it's the joke is that, like, Kamala Harris Thursdays on TNT. Very tired joke. Um, It's almost like with SNL, they just have a bag of, like, jokes that have been made before, and they're trying to match them to what is currently happening. 
And the weakest writing in the show has always been when they do like current events, topical events, and now that is why people are paying attention. And it's really just a, a matching game. But Donald Trump is a, a real-life personality that, for like two decades now, has been prominently featured in media. Like, it's, it's the kind of character that, uh, that Will Ferrell like, made a career on. Um, it's uh, Danny McBride has been doing it for the past ten years. Right. Uh, and, uh, Andy Kaufman. Like, there are times where he's almost like... like when Andy Kaufman oh, the was lounge doing singer. like the lounge singer and like also his wrestling bit where he just played like this, like hateable person whose whole thing was just like, Oh yeah, I can beat women up. Yeah. yeah I could, I could, I could beat a woman up or whatever. And, and like lean so hard into it. You couldn't tell if you, if like is even, is he in on the joke? And that's it, what it almost feels like at times. Oh, for sure. It's like, it's like, Donald Trump is writing and performing this character that is him that any other character or creator or writer would have to set limits for because if you were to make a a movie or like it would be ridiculous if like any Will Ferrell if like like Ron Burgundy became the president like if any like dumbass hard opinion like cocksure idiot became president but because this is reality and because everything's hell and shit this is a character that in any fiction would have been checked but for some reason in our reality is unchecked so just has free range i assume lacking self-awareness but to just lean into this like cavern that is the emptiness of just saying whatever the fuck they want right i i mean I've always thought that the like Silicon Valley, we live in a simulation people are so full of shit because like we live in such a, a hellacious world that like it being a simulation does not make sense. You know, like there's, there's so many reasons that I could point to that we're not in a simulation. And then when I saw that thing earlier today, I'm like, they might be fucking right. Like somebody, somebody was up there. And, like, flip the switch and be like, I'm going to really fuck with people today. Like, what do they think of this one? Um, And I think it's... When it's a joke that just loses... Like, it's just been done to the point that it was satiric. I have no idea. Like, I know most people that posted that video are making fun of Nickelback. But I don't know if that idea even crosses Donald Trump's mind. Or if he just takes it as this is an internet thing where someone says, "Look at this photograph." I, I, I again, I do not think that he even knows the band Nickelback. Like, I think that somebody sent him this thing, and he was just like, "Oh, this looks like it's making fun of uh, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden." I'm gonna repost it because if if he. He's not subtle. Like, there's never been a moment where Trump is subtle. Yeah, there's no about... capacity for nuance. Right. Like, you just... It's its zero or 100% with him. You know, I, I think almost daily about that time when he was talking to, like, a seven-year-old about Santa and said something to the effect of, like, do you still believe in Santa Claus? Because you're, like, seven, you know? that's It's, like, marginal at that age or whatever. 
And I think about how funny that is. That the fucking president is like just basically revealed that Santa is not real to a seven year old. <laughs> yeah. And then I, had to ask to be like, oh, hey, I didn't spoil anything for you, right? Yeah, it's fine. Um, like, that's such an absurdity thing that you can't help but laugh while also knowing that, like, we're constantly, it seems like we're constantly on the verge of trying to go into, like, war with Iran or something. Uh, it's, it's two worlds, um mashed together in a way that I, I don't think we can actually fully understand. Because Donald Trump is truthfully a strong performer. I mean a good improviser in terms of like making a commitment and, and, and making big decisions um, he, he brings it. Plus he's I'm, good at physical comedy. The man's got have facial you, expressions that have you and seen it's him evil. It's evil in the brain and the head, but it's right. just it's f- funny. Well, have you seen him stand? The way he stands is <laughs> just extremely powerful. Like he looks every time you see him, he looks like he's trying to emulate the Michael Jackson lean, but like is like afraid that he's going to fall over. So he's just like, he's got a little bit. Uh, I have no, I, I don't know how he does it. He's doing a partial Jackson? Yeah, he's doing a half Jackson. Half Jackson. <laughs> oh, um, I don't, I don't know. But you want to talk about uh We should fiction? talk about the, this topic. Yes. Um, so it's your, your turn to, to, to do the notes this week. Yeah, so this week, and there, the notes are broad and vague this is more of a a discussion led thing i've got some stuff but um the 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 topic this week is uh facial recognition software and specifically Mm -hmm. like ai facial recognition um and this has been in the news recently wait i got this i got this ai facial recognition Haley joel osmond um jude law Yes. That's all I got. Those are the only faces I recognize from AI. Uh, I was about to dunk on you, but I, for, I forget who else is in that film. Um, the only memorable ones that I've never seen. All I know is uh, Angel Osmond's a little boy bot, and then Jude Law's the perfect fuck boy. Yeah, he's a, jiggle, he's a gigolo. Um, also, they make fun of the Amblin entertainment thing with the moon. Mm-hmm. Where it turns out that it's actually a like a hot air balloon that's trying to capture androids to kill them at the flush fair. I think it's called the flush fair. It's that's, been a while since I've seen that film. I, um, I've, I've never seen it, but they should have called it flesh fair instead of AI. And I sure as hell would have seen that by now. It might, might be like skin skin parade. Damn. These are <laughs> these are all levels in the porn RPG. I actually, at this point, I've said so many ridiculous things. I need to. Um, so we got one I, sentence into the topic already detouring. No, no, no. So, so facial uh, uh, facial recognition. Um, it is a, it is called a flesh fair. Uh, I was <laughs> okay. correct. 
Um, so facial recognition um, really kind of started in the 60s um, by uh, it's there are different people who worked on it. And because a lot of the work was like kind of private and research, like the research was private at the time. Uh, the people that we know are like Woody Bledsoe, uh, Helen Chan Wolf, and Charles Bisson, mm-hmm. um, who worked to develop like just like an algorithm uh, to try to recognize human faces. It's very basic. It is just um, how do you teach a computer to recognize like an eye or two eyes, a nose, and a mouth? Um, okay. Eventually, so this is this is very simply just recognizing like the presence of a human face in a photo. Yeah, that well because you have to start there, right? Like the idea behind facial recognition software is you have to start with what is a face. If I give you a two D photo, can you find a face in it? Can you pull a face out of it? And then that gets built up by giving it more and more things to pull from. That gets built up into how do you distinguish different faces right by what's the difference from one face to another right and that's done by like hard stuff for 60s computers so uh there's a there was like a lot of research that they did and work that they've done in the 60s um where they just taking from a large database image um basically mugshots um they tried to feed this information into a computer and then you run into issues because like not every photo is done at the same angle. The lighting's not always the same. Like there's a bunch of different differences in the photo that it's very easy for a person to say, look at a photo and be like, yeah, that's a different person, but it's Mm -hmm. a lot harder to get a computer to understand that. And eventually um, you kind of get to the point much later where computers are able to do like transformations and whatnot of photos that they're given to try to normalize it and be like, okay, this is probably what that face looks like. Um, but you have to start somewhere. Um, and like I said, I don't have so much on the history of it um, because most of it just boils down to, we took a bunch of photos, we fed them into a computer and we measured like the distance between the ends of the eyes, the height of the eyes, the uh, distance between the eyes and the nose, the nose and the mouth, the mouth and the chin, the widow's peak, you know, hairlines and, and ears and stuff like that. Um, so there's not really like a whole lot of that, but what I kind of wanted to get into um, is in the last what two weeks i think uh well two weeks as of recording this there's this uh-huh. thing called image net roulette that okay. started going around i don't know if you're familiar with that that's that's the thing where you input a photo and then it draws a square triangle or a rectangle around it and then labels it with a, a, a word yes that it it gets from i don't really understand how it gets the word from the image but i know i put a photo of myself in one of my very nice headshots and um the result that i got was white face sure which is a clown that paints their face up white and then does clown things which felt like a dick um i also got beard 
Um, but it was the definition of beard of um, a like opposite sex partner that accompanies someone to hide their homosexuality. Okay. That's... I've never heard that version of that, but sure. You've um, never heard that definition of beard? No. Um, are you talking about the guy from ZZ Top? No, like like the idea of like a, a, a woman that would hang out with a man and know to, that he's gay, but to hide the fact to the world that he's gay. Yeah. Or vice versa. Okay, so she's a beard. The, the woman yeah, would be yes, a beard. Yes. Okay. But it was saying that I was, so. Yeah. Alright. Um, but I also did have a beard in the photo, so. Sure. Um, I did not I do think- this because I am skeptical of all viral things on the internet like that. Um, also, I was like a little late to it. I was like not online the day that it was hidden. So, what are you? What are it. you? What are you afraid is going to happen if you do it? Uh, I'm afraid it's going to be like, damn, Mister Too Damn Cool. Uh, I don't, you know, <laughs> it's just going to be too sick. Yeah, it's going to be too great. Um, they just they get a, well. So, is it like the thing with FaceApp where now we're concerned for some reason that Russians have photos of us? Yeah, and we'll get, actually, we're going to get into that later. um, Okay, because I'll just say right now, it's like we, we, I have already put enough photos of myself online that I'm not. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't care. I just, you know, I I missed it. And there's at this point, no, no reason for me to catch up. Um, But ImageNet Roulette, you know, big, big thing. Uh, It was, it's basically an art project. um, And uh, the people who did it were, uh Trevor Paglin and a Microsoft researcher named Kate Crawford. Um okay. and their goal was to supposedly to kind of show biases in a system. And that's kind of really what I wanted to dig into was this mm-hmm. idea of like we create these algorithms because we think The algorithm can't be biased because it's a computer, and computers can't be biased. Computers, and are then just... we find out that we accidentally programmed computers to be racist. <laughs> yes, basically. Um, so, uh, their whole thing was to show that, like, you know, these databases that we've pulled this in, you know, the computers don't just make stuff up, right? They've been fed hundreds of thousands of images and then other people have said like well when i look at that image i see this um and there's levels of bias you know biases get brought in by like you know when it's open-ended you have biases that can be like well what are you what are you thinking about like you as a person what are you thinking about but there's also biases in the sense that like if i give you a photo of 30 guys or whatever, and I and you have to describe, like, pick the ones in here that are beards. You know, you have to do that. Um, and so when we train these AIs that way, we instill in them our own biases, our biases, which uh, always winds up being really interesting or kind of ridiculous. Um, 
uh, a funny example of that was uh, less with well one with facial recognition and one without facial recognition. Uh, there was an issue a couple years ago where they realized that um, black people weren't activating like soap dispensers because the motion sensor or like the the uh sensor that they use when they set it they like only white people had determined like the sensitivity of it because you obviously don't want it to just go off if nobody's there so you have to have some level of setting a sensitivity and they did that without having anybody who is black tried to use Mm -hmm. the dispenser and so they like would not show up or like you know like a faucet or something wouldn't turn on um, there was also an issue with. Uh, I remember seeing video of that. So they they made they accidentally made a racist soap dispenser, which I'm just saying, if they had done earlier, they could advertise as a feature. Well, you know about the like weird. Uh, I think a lot of them are Chinese, but like I think uh, like mostly Asian racist soap commercials are they intentionally racist uh it's like take a black person and put them in a washer with this detergent and they come out white oh no no that's bad (laughs) uh that's bad um, i just think if you're making products that are racist like there's nowhere now that's intent that's buying for that is there or do you think there's still a market for people for, that want a racist soap dispenser. Um like do you think when they have those like already made, do you think there's like restaurants in like I don't know, Indiana? Indiana's pretty racist buying those. I don't I, I feel like you're no. I feel like they want to take them and they want to rehabilitate the soap dispensers. Mhm. And try to teach them the errors of their ways. Okay. Um, but also I've heard a lot of, uh, soap dispensers are getting jobs on the editorial board at the New York times. So, um, most of the, um, soap dispensers in, uh, in, uh, the precincts in the police precincts, uh, are the racist ones are the ones that used to not work for the dark hands. I don't well, like they're not, it they're, that way. They're not all racist, you know. Some some of those soap dispensers are good soap dispensers. Um yeah, they just they want to, you know, they're just trying to do a job. It's, it's hard to find they when, you know, when the precincts are just filled with soap dispensers that won't <clears throat> won't work out in uh in uh in e- egalitarian way as they should. Um and then the other the other story that I have that uh, I remember, and I don't remember all the details of it, um, this is purely from memory, was uh, one of the NBA games had some feature where you could like use the Kinect to take a photo of your face, and then it would map it onto your player, so you'd be like, oh damn, I'm in the game. I'm the NBA star. Uh, and it did not work for people who were not white. <laughs> what? <laughs> it... it uh, I would just Google like NBA 2K rate like I I don't even know what you call it like racist face cam. I don't want to Google that. 
I like I I don't remember like but there's like one video in particular where um it just does a really bad job of trying to map because you know it's again it's taking like a photo of your face and trying to map it to a 3D like skeleton mm-hmm. that the is the character model and yeah. it could do that for white people decently well. Is this EA Sports? It might be EA Sports. It's probably mm. one of theirs. Well, they're just not very good at making games. Do you remember when Apple had the racist iPhone X? When that one came out? No. What was that? Um, it, the it was face, the, face ID wouldn't Yeah, when unlock? they introduced Face ID. No, it was... Um, oof, it was kind of an opposite problem. There was... Um, I believe oh. mul- multiple stories of, or in particular, there was one um, Chinese woman who was offered oh, a re- yeah. refund because yeah. um, her her colleague and apparently another uh, person could unlock her phone. Yes, and yeah. Apple offered a refund, and I remember hearing uh, reports of similar uh, things. Yeah. So that that's kind of what this whole issue is, right? Is like, and that's what this art project, this uh, image net roulette, was trying to kind of get into. Was like, let's show people the biases that are into these systems because they're pulling all this data from a thing called image net, which is, um, has thousands of photos that are all have these tags, um. Uh, I'm actually reading from a New York Times article now. It says uh, this includes uh, straightforward tags like cheerleaders, welders, Boy Scouts, as well as highly charged labels like failure, loser, non-starter, unsuccessful Ooh. person, uh, slattern, slut, slovenly woman, trollop. Um, why a weirdo from like the 1920s was the one identifying these photos, I'm not really sure. Like who? How often have you heard anybody referred to as a slattern, a slovenly woman, or a trollop? Um, when you're not the, like at the like Masonic Lodge or something. The the last time I read like Brave New World. Sure. Yeah. So that there's an eeriness to that. Um. And then, like specifically, there's a bunch of stuff of like. Uh. Uh, again, it typically, like, I think in this case, it was like, uh, uh, they interviewed a black person who uploaded his photo and it came back saying like wrongdoer, troublemaker and stuff like that. Uh, offender. Ooh. Um, that man's, uh, Taban Kima was, the, um, that man's name. Uh, but there's so much of like that, that's built into these systems. And it seems like every so often we keep running into this, but at the same time, there are so many people in uh, the tech world that are like trying to push for AIs because they think that like, well, we can just tweak these or like these problems are going to pop up, but we can fix them. Um, but like when those problems reflect our own inherent biases and whatnot, like I, how how do you fix those without fixing your own um issues right right um and so they 
but they've been using like this facial recognition stuff in a lot of really weird ways. Like, uh, um, there's news about festivals, like music festivals, um, supposedly looking at using it because, uh, Taylor Swift last year, 2018, um, allegedly was using facial recognition software to try to track stalkers. Okay. Like when you would go by the entrance to the concert or wherever, it was somewhere in the like concert, they were basically, they have like photos of people who have been stalking her that they've trained, they've tried to like train an AI to recognize so that they can identify if like stalkers were in the crowd or whatever. So it's like that thing on a roller coaster, like an amusement park ride, where at a certain point you pass a camera and it takes a photo of you. But instead of trying to sell that photo of you at the end of it, they're making sure you're not trying to murder Taylor Swift. Yeah, basically, right? Cool. Um, cool. And that that was like a uh, a thing that like I didn't hear about last year. I just like read found out about it this week. But apparently they're like looking at possibly doing that at. Uh, other festivals or at least it's become such a big issue that there's like an activist group called fight for our future that is calling for music festivals to ban the use of that technology i Um, i i read something or i saw a video with ashton kutcher recently um where he said he had like a app that was in development on his phone that could scan anyone's face and then locate their social media accounts that's horrifying uh, did any and apparently that's that's very new technology but yeah that's and i assume that it would primarily work for like facebook not which has a collection of photos and instagram well and so that's the thing right it's like facebook already did this right facebook used this technology yeah because um, they automatically tag people or suggest people in your photos yeah which supposedly now they've stopped doing that but um you know, for a long time, that was, like, a very common thing, and there was no... It was unclear of, like, hey, how do I not have this happen? Um, the... Uh, that's, like, a, a big thing, and at the at the moment, like, uh, there's a couple companies in China that are starting to try to um, go public, like, uh, file for an IPO. Um, that their whole thing is facial recognition software. Uh, there's a company called Megvi. Megvi is this? And, does is that the one, or is are you about to bring up the company that released the deepfake? No, uh, I don't think that's them. But I was okay. going to get into deepfakes later. Okay. Um, all right, we can do it now. Doesn't matter to me. Well, let's take a break before we get into deepfakes. Okay, and we can go into... uh, Which is also one of the side quests in my porno video game. Good. Great. I don't like that at all, but... (laughs) Sure. Alright, we'll be right back. And we are back from that break, and um, I'm still got my face, Paul, and I don't you want the computers your... to take it. 
Well, here's the problem. Is, uh... China's coming for your face. The whole country? Yes, the whole country. I don't think... Um, I think I should just cut off my face and put it in storage. No, we talked about that... We were going to talk about that last week during the John Travolta episode, but uh, we decided against it. Um... I'm so, gonna steal John Travolta's face. Sure. Um, so a lot of the big uh, facial recognition companies or the companies that are doing this are based out of China. Uh, I mean, China is has a lot of money, a lot of people, a lot uh, of people, and, and a lot of money. Very hard, hard on trying to be at the cutting edge of technology. Mm-hmm. stuff um and so there's a company called MegV, um which is filing for an ipo in hong kong um meg v meg v m-e-g-v-i-i maybe okay. it's meg maybe it's meg seven i don't know it's all lowercase except for the m the m's uppercase um uh, meg v yeah but they've so their company that uh, has like their whole thing revolves around uh, facial recognition. There's four other or three other Chinese startups that specialize in facial recognition that are valued at more than a billion dollars. Um, which uh, is a lot of money, obviously. Um, you know, but that's what we're here to really learn that one billion billion dollars, a, a billion money. with a with a B. With the B. a B. A lot uh, of money. Pretty, pretty soon. Meg V, more as... like Meg a Billion. Meg two B eyes. for Billion. Got it. Got them. Uh, um, but there's all these companies trying to get into it. Uh, and this this um, article that I found from uh, Wired.com actually has a really funny aside here. Um, talks about Freedom House. A U.S. government-backed nonprofit warned in a report last October that Chinese surveillance deals also export the country's attitudes to privacy and could encourage companies and governments to collect and expose sensitive data, which is extremely fucking rich, considering that, like, one of the biggest things in... Is it a billion dollars, Rich? No. Well... I don't know how big the fine was. I don't remember offhand, but um, Experian. Hey, the, is, uh, it a, is it is it is it funny to make Doctor Evil references again? No, unfortunately, I thought about it a couple times. Have we circled back still, around to that? Uh, soon, I I think twenty years. When are we going to get an Austin Powers reboot? Dude, do not bring that evil into this world. You know they're probably already working on that. When are we going to get a minority Austin Powers? Uh, Idris Elba as Austin Powers. 2023. Okay. It's the same year that that Henry Kissinger is going to die. Okay, 2023, Um, Henry Kissinger dies, and we get Idris Elba wearing the exact same outfit Mike Myers wore in the late 90s. Same wig, too. Yeah, exact same wig. And just a shot-for-shot recreation of Austin Powers. Um, But what I was going to say is it's very funny to me that this Freedom House nonprofit 
is talking about uh, Chinese companies' attitudes towards uh, sensitive data. And, you know, it's a lot of fear-mongering around the communist government in China, which I have a lot of issues with. Um, but it's just very funny for me to hear a U.S. company complain about that when, like, literally it seems like every other week there's a, a data leak mm-hmm. or data breach in the U.S. that, like, leaks plenty of people's personal information and then the outcome is like the company gets yelled at a little bit oh yeah like isn't everyone's social security card and their social security number and credit card available on the internet now if you know where to look i mean probably like at this point i don't know you've probably put that information into a website somewhere that has since lost that information or made that information public like the e the esa this year the the company that runs uh e3 like leaked out the personal information for a bunch of like video games journalists uh experian i think it's experian um had that's the, the credit score company right yeah the credit score one of the three big credit score company well the the three pretty much uh leaked like a bunch of people's data accidentally last year and like that's like the thing where you could fill out a form to be like give me $125 for leaking like literally making identity fraud possible on me I want you to reimburse me for that and the most you're going to get out of that is $125 unless Uh you actually were the victim of a crime and you had evidence that could prove this is the amount of money that you lost out of it, at which point you could try to get reimbursed up to that. But, like, it requires you, like, going through so much court with a company that has millions and millions and millions of dollars. But not a billion. Yes. So, um, one of the things these, the, these China com- the Ch- Chinese companies, these China companies, God, um, one of the things <laughs> throw it away, pack it up. It's done. You're canceled. Yeah, fuck, fucked up. Um, the, the Chinese companies are doing. Um, is there? We a got a regular of- Shane Gillis over here, huh? God, please. Um, uh, just kidding. SNL would never hire you. Absolutely not. I wouldn't want to work for SNL. You, you would. Uh, you'd burn it down. You'd punch um, Lauren Michaels in his little face. So. One of the places where they're using, supposedly using this technology is in uh, the northwest region of China, which is called uh, Xinjiang. Uh-huh. Um, and that is, it borders, I think, Turkey or uh, like Uzbekistan. It's, uh, it's like the most western north part of China. The northwestern the part, huh? The northwest, northwestern part, yes. Um, but it is where the uh, Uyghur population lives which are like um the what like a weaker spelled u-y-g-h-u-r u-i-g-h-u-r okay um and there's like you've probably seen stories or uh heard stories about like how they are rounding up Uyghur muslims and putting them in these like internment camps or these re-education camps um or something like that and supposedly, at least this article talks about how they're using uh, this technology 
um, along with another company called SenseTime and a company called CloudWalk. So are it's using just these, like, immediately bad. There was no downtime into it being used for evil, huh? Well, it, yes, but also it's unclear because um, it's like a hot button issue. Honestly, this the the stuff with like the Uyghur Muslims in China, um, because how hot is them- this button? Also, hot button side mission in my porn game. Keep <laughs> yeah. going. Um, a lot of Western. Like the a lot of the Western narrative is that like China is like cracking down on Muslims and doesn't want Muslims to exist. The Chinese narrative is that these are voluntary like camps that people can go to to like be to learn about Chinese culture. Um, what I do know is that a bunch of uh, uh, like Muslim countries have signed on to a letter that was like presented to the UN that basically says we don't think China's doing anything weird or like lying about this. And the companies that are, or the, the countries that are like pushing that this weird tyrannical Chinese government thing are like our, our allies, you know, there's a, there's a whole political thing to it that I'm, I'm not, I don't know enough about to dig into. Okay. But, This technology is supposedly being used. At at, at this point, um, (coughs) when you hear government camps, it doesn't sound great. No, it's definitely not. Or re-education. Yes. I can't imagine it's good, but I do not think, I do not think that it is to the point of, like, we are forcibly rounding people up, but supposedly that is what uh, at least, again, according to this uh, Wire.com article, which is, uh, I their source is also the New York Times. Uh, surprise, surprise. Look who it is again. So China <laughs> is either doing something as bad as we are, or they're not. Yeah. But they're using facial recognition apps for it. Right. And so that's like, that's right. The big fear, right? Like that's a big ethical fear with a lot of these, these things is that like they can be used without you knowing because like if it, if you can use it with a camera, you know, there are certain things that you have like out of form or like when you buy tickets or something like, you know, there is a somewhere in a contract that could hide the fact that you say, yes, I agree to this stuff. And then they can do whatever the fuck they want, or they can attempt to. Yeah. Um, but with a lot of this facial recognition stuff, it's like, well, they're just doing like cameras that can be stationed in public and pull this information, and we can like look for people that we think are capable of doing crimes. So it's like very much like a uh, uh, person of interest, or um, what's that? Uh, uh, the fa- Fast and the Furious uh, Six, or whatever, the one with the the um, like program that you just like put in somebody's info and it's like, oh, I can find them for you right now. Which um, eagle-eared listeners will know was discussed at length a few episodes ago. That's your right. surveillance go-to fiction references? Eagle Eye? No, uh, no. Starring Shia LaBeouf? <laughs> what, what, what's your go-to? 
Here, let me, let me, I'm Nick. Uh, yeah, it could be like, uh, a million Jimmy Stewart's looking into your window. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. And they'll do a Jimmy Stewart impression, when he's looking into the window, and he sees crimes I, happening. Uh, I don't have a Jimmy Stewart. Do, do it, uh, he's like, um... Well, 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 if it isn't, I don't have one either, but I'll try. Well, if it isn't old, uh, what's uh, Vin Diesel's character name? Uh, Dom Toretto. <laughs> well, well, if it isn't old, Dom Toretto, and this is echoed a million times because it's just like if you put a million Jimmy Stewart's in a room with a million security cameras, they will solve all the crimes. Um, okay, um, well, well, I'm, I'm thinking well, what's either Dom Toretto up to his old car tricks, running the scams. I don't. Okay, that felt. Yeah. yeah. I, so I'm thinking that scene from either uh, uh, Last Jedi with the mirror, or the scene from The Matrix when he goes to visit the architect, um, where there's just like a million different versions playing out. Um, mm-hmm. But now it's Jimmy Stewart in a wheelchair, <laughs> looking looking through binoculars at uh, Vince Diesel, and he's like, "Oh, he's dumb." And Hob- Hobbs and Shaw are off on their own. Oh, Jenny, they're off on their own adventures. Merry <laughs> Christmas, everyone. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, sure. Um, but like I don't know there's a lot of weird there's a lot of weird stuff around it like um I don't know the 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 minority report of, to Jimmy Stewart report Okay if we could bring Jimmy Stewart back and have him be in minority report 2 Just do it digitally report. everyone likes it when you take dead actors and then put them in new movies especially when they're <laughs> sci-fi movies Can you de-age a corpse <laughs> That's how you get Skeletor Actually, you know what? Technically, you can because uh, Disney has done it twice now. What? Well, they did uh, Grand Moff Tarkin. Oh yeah, yeah. But you can also and, reconstruct and, uh, the f- Carrie Fisher. There's also where people take skulls and, and, and then rebuild what their faces would look like. Which, if a skull has flesh on it, it is inherently younger than just being a skull. Sure. So yes. Um, and also Paul Walker in uh, Fast and the Furious Seven. Wow! There, they, they had to finish finish the filming because he died. Um, the, like tru- certain- truly the two epics of our times to bring back the dead: Star Wars and the Fast and the Furious. At, at some point, we're not going to have new actors. You know that, right? Like I, we're we're just gonna like everything's going to be like that one Rocky movie where they're like. Could this computer simulation of Rocky beat Mason the Line Dixon? Except it's going to be, you know... No, that's going to be every movie. Every movie is going to be, can Rocky win? It's just like Rocky on Battlefield Earth. (laughs) Rocky versus Darth Vader in the entirety of the Sith forces. I don't know if I want to live in a world where when you go to see a movie, they give you a a big pop-up window at the beginning and you get to select who the main actor is. Oh... Like, it's like, it's like, oh, you know what? I want to watch this one with Sylvester Stallone. And they just, like, AI create this movie that's got Sylvester Stallone as the main character. 
And then midway through, you're like, ah, Sylvester's not really cutting it for me. Can I get a little Pacino? And it just like shifts into it. Like the deep fake thing, right? Yeah. Okay. Have you seen have you seen those videos? I have, and we should get into that. But what you're describing sounds amazing. <laughs> like just a loose okay, so it'd be almost like a video game, but building like almost a choose your own adventure narrative. Where the you, you pre it's it's like um I don't know, um oh what's that movie? Total recall. But like you pick the loose framework of what the narrative's gonna be, and then you pick an actor. And you can make decisions if you're not enjoying it. Where like you can pick um fucking like Star like Wars Banner. Star Wars A New Hope, but starring uh, Sylvester Stallone as Rocky. And then just like generate the ways to make that work, which would not be that different. So so Rocky as Luke Skywalker. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And then and then the entire story has to change to fit that. And then you can do like um I mean I want to say Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator as Darth Vader, but that's basically not that different also. It's right. just you just made an you basically that's how you get to Stranger Things one way or or another. Right. I mean this could be really interesting, especially if you really built out the database for actors and actresses, right? I think, unfortunately, it'll never actually work because people don't like AI-generated storytelling. Like, that's sto- well, so proc gen stuff has gotten really interesting, though. It's not; it's less AI and it's just kind of like randomly generated, but like, um, you can do some really interesting things if the person playing the game or the person consuming the media is willing to fill in some gaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, I think the viewer, if they have that power of choice, it's only good as much as they are creative. Sure. And in a lot of ways, they would make it a more active experience, which is kind of antithetical to the, the passive nature of movies and TV. Well, but but we saw something like Bandersnatch, right? Like Bandersnatch just a one. I did not see something like Bandersnatch. Did you not see Bandersnatch? No. Or do it? It was weird. I watched Sherlock. It's different. Bandersnatch is interactive. Well, he's still in it, right? Who Sherlock? Yeah. What? Yeah. Bandersnatch. God, (laughs) Christ. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna give that. I'm gonna give that joke a couple seconds. All right. The that fact was, that I missed that, that joke a couple seconds. That was my Benedict Cumberbatch name confusion bit. Yeah, that's a okay, good too. Yes, but did you do Bandersnatch or did you watch it? No, I didn't. I didn't. Okay. Um, but you're familiar with the concept of it, right? Like it's, it's like, like a it choose your own like, adventure, but with videos. Yeah. Yeah. So that won the Emmy for like best TV movie. But also, I think was the only thing nominated for best TV movie. Mm-hmm. At least it was. So, like, I wonder what was going to win. Um, but I feel like that is a thing that m- might actually start happening more. I mean, I, is, I I think it has a place to exist as something that regularly happens. I don't think it's going to go super mainstream, but um, mostly because it seems like it's, it's so much work, right? 
Like, yeah, the, I, I think it makes more sense as a video game rather than as a movie. Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, it because you you have to limit the choices, and this is the thing they talk about in Bandersnatch. But that's like a thing, right? When you make an open world thing, or when you make a game, you have to you have to create the illusion of choice because if you allow somebody to do literally anything you have to account for that so you either have to have an extremely robust system um in which case you have a game kind of like uh like breath of the wild almost did where it's like you have a robust uh like physics system built into the game and controls and and whatnot that like you have multiple different paths of getting through the game or you have to be like you know Oh, you could go left or right, but they're going to eventually go to the same place regardless of what you choose. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I don't know. It would be really interesting. I'm always really fascinated. There's, uh, I, I think it's one of the Witcher games. I think it's Witcher 2 that people really hated. And I never played, um, but I'm really fascinated by the fact that like midway through that game, they offer you a choice. And if you choose it, you cannot experience like it literally shuts off half the game for you. Um, and I'm really fascinated by uh, art that chooses to like do that, to like give somebody a choice. And if they choose it, you know, it's not like um, you played Skyrim, right? Mm, not much. But in, in Skyrim, like you create a class, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. I, I Because you can do everything. I saw two dragons and I died. I didn't like that game very much. That's not really um, my kind of game. Um, or at least, let's put it this way. I downloaded it, I played it for six hours straight, and I deleted it because I don't need that in my life. Sure. And now I bought um, Persona 5, so we'll fucking see how that treats me. Yeah, it's 120 hours later. Um, no, those games are good. Um, I don't know. It, it's really fascinating when when art challenges somebody and is willing to stick up and be like you made this decision you're gonna have to live with it i've always Um, wished that it was kind of like the opposite that there were just some choices or people you could talk to in a video game that will like side quests that are just very very side quests but are like little completely different story endings like if you could accidentally end the game way earlier but in a positive way there are some games that do that yeah it usually plays it off as like a bad end you Mm -hmm. know um i think about um the game cave story which was like this like side scroller uh indie game that was free to play for a long time now it's i think you have to pay for it because uh the person's done like a a complete re-release of it but um, great music, great art. Um, but there's a part of that game where like an hour in, it's like, you got to get off the island. And if you go and get off the island, it, the game ends. Sure. Uh, but also it's like the bad ending. You know, you don't save the day. You kind of leave everybody who was on the island to die. Yeah. Um, and that's not like, there's nothing that conveys that that's, that's going to happen. Right? Like, there's no way for you to really know that, like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Other than, like, somebody being like, I can't believe you would abandon them, or something like that. 
Yeah, um, I, I, that, but more fun. I don't know. I think I have to develop this idea further. Um, but, but yeah, where was this to leading get back, to? Uh, to get back to what we're talking about, like, like the the create your own adventure, uh, create your own movie thing. I I don't think I don't know if technology is going to get there, but like, it feels like deep fakes are. Uh, almost like a step in that direction obviously not necessarily for that reason mm-hmm. but like I, I i've seen those like youtube videos of the of bill Hader, yeah doing impressions and then somebody deep faking his face to be the the person who he's doing the impression of and that's extremely unsettling it's yeah it's an interesting use of it but i'm trying to think that technology other than means of like spreading disinformation, like how will it be used creatively when the entire time there is like kind of an eeriness to it? Well, I don't know how, like what, what would you do creatively with it? Right. Cause like the whole point of the deep fake stuff is specifically to take footage of one person and then fake that it's somebody else. And so... It seems like it could be a very useful filmmaking tool for, like, pickup shots and reshoots and some, like, special effects. I just don't see how... I, it's a very neat technology. I just... I don't, I don't know. What, what could be a possible future for the use of it? I... It, that's really what it seems like, right? Like, I agree that I think, like, oh, we couldn't get this person back to do these shots. Uh, let's just fix it. You know, we'll ha- we have somebody stand in for them that's a similar body type or whatever. Or like, we've already seen the music video for um the that Kanye music video. Which Kanye music video? The one with the naked orgy party. Oh, no, that's true. I didn't think of that. I was thinking of, like, um, Weezer, Buddy Holly. How they, oh, oh, yeah. Like, you can already integrate Weezer into Happy Days. You can put Peaches in the Andy Griffith show. Like, there's way... They put Grand Moff Tark... You know, Disney can revive the dead. And it right. doesn't look good. And this seems like a technology that could certainly um, bridge that gap or, or, or you know... it. It definitely gets closer, right? Like, there have been times where you see deep fakes, and the like, like, there is very little that reveals that, like, oh, th- what I'm watching is not real. Um, Except the voice is always off, you know. Yeah the the voice and the mouth don't quite match up all the time like the I'm, um, I'm thinking of the videos where they've had like um like a, jordan with obama yeah jordan peele be obama and it's still like something feels off before they do the reveal and i think they only do it for as long as they can until it starts to feel really uncanny well one one thing that i heard and i do not know if it's still a problem but i heard that they were um people talk about looking for blinking yeah because like the 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 faked images, the faked videos don't blink. But oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's a thing where like that is definitely fascinating. I I, I don't know if that's been no, that makes sense. Or whatever. Yeah. 
Um, but like, it's a fascinating technology, and it's a shame that like the things that it has been used for are specifically like disinformation, like actively harmful disinformation of mm-hmm. like, I can't believe this famous person said this thing. Um, or like, wouldn't it be great if I could put Emma Watson's head onto my favorite porn star's body or whatever? Like that's such good. a people have been doing oh. that forever, you know? Right. But, but this is just like a, a version of it that gets so weird. It because is like, it's it's uh, but i do think it's a hurdle that like the the more we see it no matter if it gets better i really do feel like the more we see it the more we'll be able to discern it like i can look at a photoshop picture for the most part and tell that it is photoshopped even if it's well done but it's taken a while to develop that skill in the way that i'm sure people that aren't as familiar or or we would have thought like or i would have thought like 20 years ago if i saw a good photoshop that it was real well that's possible but at the same time like we're getting better at like i I think about this with like video game stuff there's a really cool um video that i watched recently about uh video game graphics and like specifically the game mirror's edge which came out like 2007 which is buck wild to me that that game is like 12 years old um but it was like, why does Mirror's Edge look so good? Um, and it's specifically like, like graphically, it's not that. Like it's a twelve-year-old game, but the way that it approaches lighting, the way that it approaches like the temperature of a scene, the way that it approaches textures and stuff, make it feel very realistic, despite clearly being a video game. When you have a bunch of video games that have like been trying to go for this photorealism thing. Yeah. Um, but as technology gets better and better and as certain things come along, we do get closer to it. Right? Like 20 years ago, you couldn't do reflections in the water. Mm-hmm. Now we've got like ray tracing, which allows for um, if you have like a, a card that is good at ray tracing which costs fucking like a thousand dollars um you can get uh like control this game that i was playing you can turn on ray tracing in that and like the mirrors actively reflect the rest of the world because the game is able like the graphics card is able to do that And, and like the the rest of the stuff does not look you know because it's it's being actively drawn it's being done live but like mm-hmm. It does not. It would not shock me to, for us to get to a point where a pre-rendered thing, combined with, um, like deep fake stuff, as we get better and better at like fooling the the human mind to get extremely close to that, and there will always be some level like uncanny valley stuff. Yeah, I think of being able to avoid that, but I don't know if we're like. I don't know if there's we're going to be able to not ever hit that point, all right? I mean, what so could there be some use of of deep fakes that are for as we were kind of talking about earlier about like in a video game creating a character model? Like do you think deep fakes could be used to actually like photorealistically scan you and then insert you into a game? 
Possibly. Um, Especially that coupled with VR. Would people want that? Uh, would people want that? And would people use that as intended? Are some very... That's the thing, right? Because mm-hmm. like I could totally see a game where you have like uh, their second life. And then there's um, there was some VR game that I can't remember um, where you like upload an avatar. You create like a model that you actually are represented in world by um and of course immediately led to a bunch of people um creating a model of a short knuckles and talking in (laughs) fairly bad uh fake ugandan accents yeah um and harassing people god I Um, i forgot about that meme yeah right what but was like, the what was his catchphrase uh, do, do you know the way yeah <laughs> shit god yeah i forgot um, about that uh which is all stuff from some like movie or whatever um which is the people who made that movie were like i cannot believe that people in america know about this or whatever um short which knuckles is, not not the short knuckles the 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 like like the do you know the way thing came was like a clip from some like action film some guys made in africa and like okay somebody tracked them down to interview them how do they feel about the like do you know the way meme like the uganda knuckles thing and they were like what like people know about this thing it would be like if you and i made a film and then we found out that like some dumb piece of like some dumb shit piece of uh, dialogue that we recorded became like a hit in Mongolia. That is my long term goal. That's my <laughs> 2023 um, goal. Um, but I could totally see where somebody like because in order to do like a deep fake kind of thing I feel like uh, you have to have like a bunch of source images. Mm-hmm. In order for it to accurately build out a a model, um, and I can just think of so many different things that people could take a bunch of photos of to try to have it mapped to uh, a 3D model in a VR world. Yeah, it's a big you part know? of my upcoming porno video game. <laughs> um, but I, I like I I don't know I I. I feel like it's one of those things where, like, the the Jurassic Park, you know, your scientists were so concerned with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think about whether or not they should. Um, that feels like what the deep fake mentality is. It's like, well, we can do this thing, and we don't really know why or what we're going to do with it. it. There's not really that much that it seems like it's that useful for, but, mm-hmm. like, god be damned we're gonna do it and uh people are gonna figure out some weird stuff and i'm sure like somebody is gonna have a really creative use for it yeah a very interesting thing to do with it um but i don't know what that is will it start at least one war probably entirely likely um just fucking the end of war games but instead of teaching uh the computer to play tic-tac-toe and be like, oh, you just don't play. It's like, you got to teach the computer how to tell if something's photoshopped. And yeah. it just goes, oh, okay. Yeah, that's probably... Uh, 
Well, I guess, I don't know. I guess you could take the algorithm that generates um, deep fakes and teach it to reverse that to learn if something is genuine or a deep fake. Possibly. I don't, yeah. That'll be phase two. Well, I mean, again, I I think what you're likely going to see, I feel like is going to be some weird shit that's going to lead to some labor labor uh, law like rulings where like Disney uh, doesn't want to pay Robert Downey Jr. to be Iron Man anymore but so they're just going to like have somebody stand in for him and do his likeness like they did with uh, Back to the Future Part 2 or whatever yeah with I, Crispin Glover I I wonder if there's gonna have to be like some sort of like declaration of rights in the digital age where every like individual is like born with the rights to their likeness that that is like a legal doctrine that needs to be established i feel like eventually with more and more of our lives becoming online something like that has to happen sure right like it it you can easily see uh, a situation even like inadvertent where somebody's like, "Oh, I'm gonna do this relatively realistic looking animated film," and for some reason, like makes the main character look exactly like somebody that they yeah. saw without meaning to. You could maybe see it leading to like, I would it get very far in court? Not currently, but I feel like as we get further and further along, I don't know. Like, that's going to be a very weird, the the legal uh, ramifications of online. We don't, the law is really good at one thing, and that is like torts. That is like figuring out. Pop torts? Yes, pop torts. Um, but that's figuring out like property law Mm -hmm. right like who owns a thing who has the rights to a thing a physical thing and how does somebody reimburse me if they damage said thing the law is really good at figuring out that when it comes to physical things the law is really bad about figuring that out when the thing is no longer physical when it becomes me as a person has been violated or had something happen to me. What is the restitution there? The law does not know what that looks like. And when it comes to digital stuff, because it's not, uh, it, it doesn't exist per se. To, uh, you know, there's not a physical thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the law is really bad at figuring that out. It has at this point, like up until now mostly just sided with whoever has the most money to throw at it i.e um you know big powerful bands suing uh napster or whatever um metallica sucks are like drm stuff right so rich um but i mean it's it's really weird right because like Look at, like, uh, Photoshop or all the Adobe products. 
you know, they, they dealt with pirating of that stuff for so long mm-hmm. that Adobe has now made it almost impossible to use an illegal copy of Photoshop, at least any current no, ones. No, they haven't. Well, but you have, you have to like get online, right? Don't you have to subscribe to it now? You can't buy it no, anymore? The, the, okay, so or you is can, that, is that you a different can still, thing? You can torrent every single Adobe application like you've always been able to. What they did was they changed their business model, where they offered a monthly subscription service. So okay. rather than paying like the upfront cost Absor- that it was... Yeah, the absorbent amount. You-, you pay monthly. And then they have okay. different bundles for uses, and they have discounts for people employed in certain fields and people that are students that can verify that they're students. They actually were forced to change their business model for... Because the- of... The way that it's Our- used. And they do like... Uh, you know if a business owns it they do charge like the most for it if it is a student they charge the least for it like i have actually paid for adobe products since they've switched to that okay knowing that i I don't have to right because you can still get it for free if you know where to look okay because i because then i because i know there's some products though that like the model they switch to is like you have to have an internet connection because a license key needs to be verified with an online server in order to verify that you're using a legal version. Yes, but there's always ways around that if you give people enough time. Sure, with enough time. But like, it, it seems like, but that's like a thing where like between that, between the move to streaming and away from like an LP that you own or a CD that you own that you maybe you do eventually turn into an MP3 or, uh, you know, an electronic data file of some sort. Um, we've moved away from like a physical thing to like, you own the rights to a thing mm-hmm. like steam games, right? You own the rights to play a steam game, but if you like lose your account you lose all those games. Yeah. You, you know, you, you can no longer play them because you've lost the rights to it. Um, or uh, there's this big hubbub about Stadia, uh, the new like Google console plan thing, which is like you buy a controller and you get an account and then you stream from a server to your phone or to your computer or your TV or whatever. Um but in that model, you buy a game, but you don't own that game. And then if Stadia goes down, which it probably will eventually because this type of model has been done three or four times before and no, none of them stayed in business, you lose that thing. Yeah, I mean, everything now is rather than paying for like the thing, it is really access. Or like with, with Spotify... You know, you're paying for access to this library and the availability of it. Right. And it's a lot more useful to pay for that than to pay. I mean, really. To buy all yeah, that stuff. To buy it. I mean, it, I think, I don't know. What, what I've been thinking about lately is is how <sighs> Spotify was lucky in that title didn't work. You the main two services that you have now are iTunes and or i or Apple Music Apple uh, Music yeah Apple Music and Spotify, and you know every 
the overlap of the catalog is most of it. There are only a few exclusive things on each, and I think Apple Music is the one with a few exclusive things. Um, the thing that's really going to be confusing is, for a, for a while, it was just Netflix and then Hulu. And those were the main two. And Netflix had original content and movies, and then Hulu had, like, like freshly TV airing sh- TV. Yeah, the TV shows that you did not want to pay to get on cable. Or they used to have a lot of the Criterion collection on Hulu. Right. Now that people see how much money Hulu and Netflix are making, there's so many streaming services, and people don't want that. Right, because you get into a point of like, I mean, God, by next year you're going to have, what, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, Shudder, VRV, which is a collection of various things already. Because Shutter grew out of VRV, they were on there for a while. Yeah, well, they not. were they were part of it, but yeah, it was it it's its own thing. You're gonna um, Peacock, yeah, Disney Plus, um, HBO uh, Max, yes, HBO already Go or whatever. We're, we're Go thing. and now they're trying to consolidate eventually. Under are they, Max. are they gonna are That's they gonna the consolidate? Okay. Goal. Yeah. Um, but then all these like uh, the CW has like an app that you can stream their shows on, and like yeah. a lot of those eventually go to something like Netflix after the full season's been out. But like, if you want to keep up with any of those like uh, like Batwoman or whatever, which I think is coming out starting Sunday, um, like you have to use the app or you need to watch it live. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. And then at that point, you've, that's like 10 services that cost anywhere from 5 to $15 a month. And, and I that's mean, I, more than cable. And I guess it's, it's interesting that it's... Well, I don't know how many of those companies are owned by the same people, but this is one instance of like it not being entirely a tech monopoly or duopoly, which is... right interesting but uh disney will own (sighs) disney and like warner brothers i feel are like the two big ones right netflix netflix is its own thing but disney owns hulu now and they'll have disney plus i feel like every company might eventually strangle out netflix i mean i'm it would not surprise me for netflix to Either Netflix starts making acquisitions or some larger company picks Netflix up, right? Yeah. Um, but I like it it seems like we're really headed to a point like you already saw it a little bit with like Sling TV, right? Where it was like it's cable, but it's not cable because it just like takes you know, it gives you a little bit better option of like, well, I only want this sort of thing like i want the sports package i just want sports rather than like i gotta get cable and then also a sports package uh it it would not surprise me to see like a bundler come out in the next two years or so where it's just like well if you give this company fifty dollars it'll give you access to these seven other streaming sites or something like that, which is ba- at that point, it's basically cable again, you know? Yeah, exactly. Or Apple, Apple, Apple's almost already doing that. Apple, Apple will have its own thing. 
Uh, but like Apple TV. Oh yeah, Apple. It, they're already developing their stuff. Um, but Apple TV is like a thing, right? Like to some degree where if you give, I know it's been popping up on mine, but like if you give it, if you allow it to, it'll like wrap Netflix and Hulu and certain other apps into the Apple TV header. Application? Yeah. Yeah. So that you could just be like, oh, I want to look for this thing. And it's like, cool. It's in like Roku kind of does that where you're like, you mm-hmm. just search for a thing and Roku will be like, oh, it's in stars. If you have stars, you can play it right now. Um, but I, I it, it would not surprise me to see that more formalized and like with a little bit of better UI where it's not obvious. You know, you just yeah. pay for one thing and it's just like, cool, I'm just going to go to this other thing and grab it for you. I think I don't know. It's 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 also just like yeah, because Disney Plus is gonna have Hulu within that, mm-hmm. and ESPN, yeah, and National Geographic. And I thought there was another thing, but I can't remember what it is. So I I I don't know how all that's gonna shake out, but that's uh that's probably a topic for another episode. Yeah, the monopolization of a uh, industry or the weird, bizarro, hidden monopoly of an industry. Indiana Jones and the hidden monopoly of industry. I like it. Let's do that. Um, All right, let me hit you with this. Okay. Uh, Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom, except you just switch... Uh, Indiana Jones and uh, the main uh, female uh, actress in that okay. movie. I can't. I can't remember her name. But you just swap them. So she's the main character, and he's the bumbling idiot. Yeah, that'd probably be pretty cool. Give me that. Indy. What's the what's the female version of Indiana? Uh, I feel like that? it's already Indiana, isn't it? Like, uh, yeah, it's not Indiana. I guess Indiana can be gender neutral, so she can still be Indiana Jones. Sure. All right. Oh man, what if that's the next? What's what if that's the next thing that they do with Indiana Jones? Because they're doing another one. Cool. You know, like yeah. like Harrison Ford, they're definitely going to have to kill Harrison Ford, which I love that Harrison Ford stayed alive long enough and all these movie series that he was the star of came back for them to have to be like, okay, now we do need to kill him he, because he can't be in these movies forever. He is, he's, he's one of the most successful actors in that way. I think he should be Jack Ryan again. <laughs> Air Force One. Make it Air Force 2. Alright, Paul. I think, uh... You think it's time to wrap up? Yeah, what did did we want to talk about for, uh, the next... What was, what was our homework for, um, A Night of the Movies? Our, our cinema class? I, I mean, I think there's a film that we're gonna try to watch this weekend. Oh. That would be a really good choice to talk about. Oh, boy. I think you... But it's a 
It might be too twisted. Ah, uh, and it sounds, sounds, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to damage my brains. Um, but I mean, I, I, if we look I think at it from a societal perspective. Okay, we're, yeah. well, how about, uh, that's right, we have a two-part assignment where we have to um, watch The King of Comedy, the a 80s classic, Scorsese film starring Robert classic, De Niro. Classic film that I've not seen, but it's classic. It's There was a good. flop, right? Yeah, people did not like it at the time. It yeah. was just like, I don't know, when I noticed, I don't think the name is especially, like, catchy. Yeah. It looks like it would be a much different film than it is. It's weird because especially it's Scorsese. What what when did that come in his work? Um I couldn't tell you. I mean it was eighties, so it was after Raging Bull. I think it was the follow up to Raging Bull. Okay. So like it wasn't like Scorsese wasn't well known at that point. No, I mean he was he was big. I think he won Best Picture for Raging Bull. Yeah, it was definitely peak career. It might have just been honestly oversaturation of yeah, Scorsese, that's possible. or it was um, yeah, it came two years after Raging Bull, and then after that was it Taxi Driver? It was After Hours, which people overlook. No, Taxi Driver was nineteen sixty seventy six, and um, oh shit, I didn't realize that's that that old. Holy yeah, crap. the the editor for Taxi Driver is um um what is it? Hold on. What's her name? Your dad. No, Marcia Lucas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that George, sounds right. Yeah, the editor for Star Wars and George Lucas's ex-wife. Which um, is... She probably has the best, like, one of the best careers of the 70s. In that she worked for... I mean... Yeah, she worked on several... Wait, when, when, when did they... Scorsese films, mid eighties, I think. Okay, so the, they were that was 83. the divorce. Yeah, he was that was going the divorce that Lucas was going through when they made Indiana Jones and in, in the Temple of Doom. Yes. God. So it all, all comes together. But it all I, comes back. Yeah, I think King of Comedy, and then what appears to be uh, a some, spiritual like, yeah, successor, just, just in a new movie. Something uh, something you, you in theaters. We have to go see something in theaters. From the hit director of The Hangover. The Hangover 2. <laughs> the Hangover 3. The, Old the, school. You may, you may know him from his complaints about... As something that we started this podcast with. With uh, PC culture and comedy. He's so. a console gamer. God. All right. All right. We're well, gonna do. We're. We'll, next time we'll do the Joker episode. Yeah. Todd we may do Phillips that. Joker. We could do that this weekend too. We could. We should just record that fucking live, like fresh off. All right. On let's it. do it. Let's do it. All right. You got anything you want to plug? Uh, when's this coming out? Roughly mid October. October sixteenth is today's right. date. Yeah. For the you... audience. Uh, don't have anything better to do on Saturday. Uh, 
My band will be playing a fundraiser for Shama Sawant, who is a socialist alternatives city councilwoman. Um, she is running for re-election this year. Um, she is a fucking badass, uh, and it's incredibly inspiring to hear speak and has been, uh, instrumental in the fight against Amazon in Seattle and rising rents in Seattle. Uh, she is running mostly on a platform or that revolves around rent control. Um, so we are hosting a fundraiser that is talking about that and possibly looking at how we can try to begin to tackle something like rent control in a city like Cincinnati. Um, but my band is also playing that along with some other bands that I do not know currently. Um, so that will be at the national letter carriers union hall in Northside. That is right across the street from Dojo Gelato, uh, and that will be October 19th. It's a Saturday, and it'll start at, I believe, 8 p.m. and go to about 1 a.m. Sounds fun. I've been to something like that in the past, and it was a good time. Uh, I don't have anything to plug, except for the Patreon, patreon.com slash themethepodcast. Uh, let's get some animatronics. Let's, uh... Sign up, Check. send your boys some money so we can wear our face paint to the Joker. Oh my god, uh, theater Nick, you're in and Chicago. Not be now. allowed. We need to go to that place that has the Rock of Fire explosion. Okay. That is in the suburbs at some point. Let's do it. Oh god, I didn't even think about that. We'll talk more. Oh, yeah, Alright. Alright, until next time. Don't think too hard without us. Put on your thinking caps, because we retired this bit a couple episodes ago. So take your thinking caps off. Bye.